Hello, my name is Ricky Hellier and I'm a lecturer at Cardiff University School of Healthcare Sciences and welcome to Behind the Health Statistic. this episode, my colleagues Dr. Sarah Fry and Tracy Reese will be speaking to Leslie and Georgia about their cancer and about participation in clinical research trials. So what are clinical trials? Well, they're a type of medical research involving people. Um, and essentially what they do is they allow researchers to explore new medical, surgical or behavioural interventions for a range of different conditions. Um, they also allow researchers to explore whether there are side effects and to assess whether new and emergent therapies are better, equal or worse than standard therapies. Statistics from the National Institute for Health Research um, state that 1,390,000 people uh, took part in clinical research trials across England in the year 2020 to 2021. Statistics from Health and Care Research Wales also show that clinical trial activity adds around about £93 million to the Welsh economy each year and around about 1,600 people are employed full-time in Wales um, to work on clinical trials. So let's have a listen into the discussion. Right, so we've got, so today we've got Leslie and Georgia with us who are going to talk about their experiences of being involved in a clinical trial. Um, I believe you're both in the same clinical trial, so this will be really interesting um, to get your, your viewpoints on it. So shall we just start with Leslie? Do you want to introduce yourself to us and tell us a bit about your background? Yeah, I'm Leslie. I'm 67 now and was 66 when I was diagnosed with um, triple negative breast cancer. I've up to this point lived a fairly healthy life. I've been married 43 years. I've got two children and three grandchildren. I play the saxophone and I had a very fit and active life before being diagnosed with cancer. Okay, thank you. There's no cancer in my family, um, so this was out of the blue um, and I think that made it somewhat more difficult to cope with. Yeah, yeah, okay. I presume your family have been very supportive. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Yeah. Okay, Georgia, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Um, yes, I'm Georgia, I'm 26 years old. I was 26 um, when I was diagnosed, funny enough, not shortly after my birthday. Um, yeah, I've, I found out I had stage three triple negative breast cancer. Everything had to get started really quickly. I had to have fertility treatment, freeze my eggs, and having conversations saying, do you want children? I only just been with my boyfriend two months, and they were saying, um, do you want embryos or eggs? I was like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, it was something that you just don't expect at a very young no. age. And no. also no one in my family directly had breast cancer. But I then discovered I had the BRCA1 gene, okay. which was really interesting. So genetics are really on it to try and figure out yeah. where it's come from. Yeah. Because um, it was like uh, my mum's half-sister had breast cancer oh, or yeah. my granddad's sister had it. It was not my mother, my grandmother, mm-hmm. my great-grandmother, nothing that way. So that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. At the same time, there was a reason why I had it, but it also... It was hard to make sense of why at the same time. And I live with my mum, my dad, and I have a brother who's autistic. So that was interesting because he didn't have a clue. Still to this day, everything I went through in his own little world. But he was was one of the only people who didn't look at me differently like other family members. Everything was just the same. Even like hair's falling out. Hello. (laughs) Everything was exactly the same, which was nice in its own way. Yeah, yeah, and I have a really supportive boyfriend and some incredible friends who travelled all over from the UK to come and see me, make sure they took COVID tests before they even made the travel. And yeah, yeah, really supportive time throughout something you just do not expect in your 20s. No, absolutely. (laughs) I think that support from different people, we were saying um, to each other previously, um, is something that has been really quite surprising because the people you don't expect to come up with real supportive right, um, yeah. actions and attitudes um, and others you hoped would support you more okay. didn't necessarily. Yeah. Right. And yeah. although we both accept that some people don't know what to say or how to react or how, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's hard to excuse a sort of lack of communication yeah. from some. Yeah, um, right. That's been quite hurtful. 
Okay. Uh, and it has, I think, changed both our perceptions of the various people in our lives. Right. And also That's what's important. Mm. And yeah. things in life people find stressful or trivial, it's like it's really not that bad yeah. of a deal. It's not yeah. that bad. And yeah, it, it, it makes you look at people slightly differently, but also it's one thing I've discovered is how different every cancer patient is. Right. Um, so okay. even before before I was even diagnosed, I, I was very like, when you thought of a person with cancer, you thought they're really ill, Yeah. all their hair's fallen out. Um, then it's almost at an end. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you just don't know what the outcome's going to be because every family member I had who had cancer passed away. Right. So yeah. it was very like, uh, yeah. Okay, what am I gonna do? And like, I had my mum was really trying to keep positive, trying to keep yeah. everything normal, yeah. but at the same time, it was a normal situation, yeah. So it's kind of like she was great at distracting, yeah, from a situation. And um, my dad had Crohn's disease, so he's like, I know where you mm. the hospital life, yeah, I, I know it sucks, yeah. Um, but then it was weird because no one else was my age when we were in Valindra either. Like Leslie was amazing because yeah. we started at the same time on trials. Mm-hmm. So it was like we've gone through the same thing, comparing notes, right, how things nice were going. Each other. Yeah, but I yeah. found um, the online community, especially Instagram, was great for me to find other people in their 20s yeah. yes. who'd gone through it because they, yeah. they're going through the same things in life. But you've had a very much more open approach than yeah. I've been able to take. And in mm-hmm. fact, I've kept it from a lot of former okay. work colleagues. Right. Um, I've told family members, but I didn't tell a lot of wider people until Christmas in a card. Right, um, okay. I didn't feel able to cope doing that. Yeah. Um, I felt it easier, whereas you've been able, haven't you? Yeah, for me it was all about spreading awareness, yeah, because right. it was such yes. a shock. Yeah. And it was like, mm. I, I just found a lump in the shower, and I was told, oh, it's a cyst. But because of the size of it, we're going to send you to get it drained. Right. Found out then, two weeks later, you've got cancer. And then I had to give up my job. I had to give up everything because I worked with children. You can't mix because you're on chemo. You can't do any of these things. So for me, life completely stopped for those six Mm. months. Mm. But now I am officially cancer-free. But in a way, it's scarier because it's, where do I go now? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, almost being sort of left in a yeah it's a weird bubble this is happening and then what yeah Yeah. I remember after chemo just crying my eyes out when it finished because I was like that's it my safety bubble because Mm. the nurses and everyone were fantastic and knowing you were never going to go back into that trials unit because next it was surgery (laughs) right then it was radio and that's it that's interesting that brings us on a little bit to the clinical trials experience so you're both in the same clinical yeah. trial. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what, it, what it was, what the treatment you were having? It's called the Adam Brooks Partner Trial and it trials a drug called Olaparib, um, uh, which is also called Linpaza, I think. And um, you were, this was stage three, I think, of this particular drug trial. Okay, yeah. Um, and so that in a way reassured me because I wasn't really up for being in the very first stage of a trial, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, although, obviously, thanks to those who did, yeah. we're in this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this particular trial had gone through isolating whether or not people, two lots had a laparib, I think, and one didn't. And by the time we got to the trial, it was you either did or you didn't. Okay. And you were randomly selected by computer. There was no say from any of your medics or from you. And it just so happened that <clears throat> I was selected to have it randomly and yeah. Georgia wasn't. Oh, okay. and, yeah, right. And I don't know how you felt about that because I was quite relieved that I actually was going to take this drug, yeah. even though the reality of taking it was pretty awful afterwards. Yeah, I found it really strange because I remember yeah. Rachel, my, the trials nurse, rang me and she sounded really disappointed I wasn't selected. She sounded right. gutted. Oh, oh, right, okay. Because she was just like, really thought you'd have it but the computer's chosen it yeah and I remember I was in like a card shop or something buying a book she was on the phone with me and I just remember being like okay whichever way it is I gotta go with it it was very much like I'm putting my life in your hands and the thing is like this trial you've got to compare and if it means like like I can help someone else in the future Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it but I remember when it being suggested for trials it was really shortly after meeting my oncologist and she said right um this is what's going to happen 
And first question, is my hair going to fall out? Yes, it will. It didn't. <laughs> Great. You know? Yeah. It was like, is it going to come? It was weird. Rather than, am I going to die? It was, is my hair going to fall out? Yeah. That was more important yeah. to me. In the It was really strange. But I remember she said, um, oh yeah, I'm doing this trial, by the way. And I remember being in that situation, just so like, floor went beneath me after just being told, like, yeah. this yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah. I just said yes to everything. Right. It was very like, yes, just give me whatever you can. I want to be fixed. I want to be whatever. Just, yeah. yes, I'll sign the dotted line. Okay. I found it slightly different because I was in the Gwent um, for the, the diagnosis of the tumour. And then they said I'd be called by someone from Valindra. So that was about a week later, a week, 10 days. Right. And I was called by um, a doctor. And he didn't tell me about the trial until a good... 10 minutes into the conversation. Right, okay. First of all, he wanted to ask about my fitness levels, my lifestyle, to see if I'd be suitable before yeah. mentioning, because I suppose, with my age, um, I think the trial only goes up to 70-year-olds. Right, okay. So I was yeah. getting towards the borderline, okay. um, and he often referred to me as the older lady. In the nicest possible way. But, um, I thought about this having this stroke that because I am that much older it was one of my last chances almost. right okay um, did he did he make you feel like that how was it no he was he did tell me it was grueling right um and when you're fit and well if someone says oh you're going to feel really ill you think yeah. oh well I've had a flu mm -hmm. I've done this yeah. I've done that um but I didn't understand how grueling okay I had no idea um what puzzled me was that um, I did ask at a, a slightly later stage in this, will I know if I'm on it? And they said, yes, you will, because it's in tablet form. Right. And it puzzled me that why the control group, although I've read subsequently it's to do with ethical issues, why the control group and the didn't have a placebo? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I thought that at first, but she said, no, you'd just be on a normal chemo psycho which oh, okay. so I was right. just just normal what they would have done anyway okay but I had a better response ultimately, yeah, right. ultimately but yes. they said to me if I wasn't cancer free after the operation I would then go on the extra drug for a year okay afterwards mm. yeah. take it every day for a year and then it should be fine that's what I was told so that's what's happened for you, they've been in, in the clinical trial, but on a standard yeah, treatment, and they're comparing. Yeah, yeah. The and they okay. did say you could drop out any time you like and just go yes. to the normal chemo ward. And I remember accidentally walking into the chemo ward rather than the trials, right. and there were about 30 chairs, yes. and it was different staff every day, yeah. and people looked really ill in there. Yeah. But then I found when we were in trials, people looked better, there okay. were only six chairs, it was the same staff every time, yes, yes, and it was so much better. It felt like being in the first class on an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I could put it. Yeah. It's always just like doing biscuits, do you just put your feet up? It was lovely. It's really odd to say, but I just yeah. remember thinking this is VIP. Compared to what I walked yeah. through the other, yeah. other one. That made an absolutely huge difference. Mm -hmm. Because you walked through the door, they called you by your first name, um, they remembered what had happened to you the week before. Right, yeah. And for example, um, I had a really bad skin reaction to the um, called cannulas, um, but it came up about 10 weeks after the cannula. And okay. one of the nurses said, oh my goodness, that must be eight, 10 weeks ago. And I thought, that's so good that you remember yes. that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and they did, they, they would always know your notes. You know, yeah. if you go into a GP often, they're scrabbling through the notes, yeah. reading them while you're trying to talk. Yeah. But they were so clued up on your yeah. individual situation. And so when you went for a meeting for the blood test prior to the um, chemotherapy a couple of days later, they would always say, well, okay, how has this been subsequently? Or, oh, okay. you know, right. Or, yeah. oh, right, okay. Yeah. Really on top of it all the time. They were like, yeah. if anything, bring we're here to yeah. call. And what I loved is that they really remembered your last conversations yes. about your own life yeah. before you even went in. So when you were there the week before, they remembered what you said you last watched on TV. Oh, okay. And you'd be talking. Yeah. And it was so nice. And for me, I found it 
the, there were two nurses who were the same age as me. Right. So that was really nice yeah. for mm. me because, like, opposite. Luckily, we would chat next to each other. Mm. But you'd always have some really older ladies just to sleep. Right. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it was yeah. very, like, it made it feel so much nicer. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like, going through it in COVID, when you weren't allowed to bring anyone in yeah. with you, to yeah. keep, like, it was like going in, being told you had cancer on your own, going yeah. in and having everything done on your own. It was like you wish you had someone there at first, but then in the end, I didn't mind it. No, I didn't mind own. it, but but I think that initial diagnosis. Oh yeah. Told, yeah, you know, and I was told, and the very first meeting I had in a debrief subsequently with one of the breast cancer nurses when she said, "Oh well, you'll need a mastectomy," and that was literally minutes after I'd been told yeah. that it was a tumor. And by the time I got out, I had to sit on the wall of Gwen. I was shaking so much. Yeah. And at no point, I think my husband's been allowed in on two occasions. One with the oncologist, who said it's inhuman to keep you out. Yeah. And another mm-hmm. time when, um, oh no, there are actually three. Two in the Gwen, one post-surgery and one right. yeah. um, for results. Yeah. So he could come in right. for results, even though I, I knew it was cancer. Because it's almost like you then have to tell someone... Relive yes. it, don't you? Yeah. Rather yeah. than yeah. Yeah. you go so blank, blank. Yeah. yeah, you can't remember anything. Yeah. And and he would say, but he said this. And I'd say, mm-hmm. well, did he? Yeah. 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 First yeah. time I met the oncologist, they said my mum could come with me to take notes. She said that's fine because my mum had a notepad in case yeah. I like. Yeah. 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 I remember recording on my phone. I put like voice record mm-hmm. in case I like switched off at any point. But she was taking notes throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was only that. It was when I got the day I got told I went in on my own. And they said, oh, we tried to ring you because it's no caller ID. You couldn't call back. Yeah, and yeah. they were calling to say, can you get someone to come with you? Okay. That's what right. the call was. Right. And I just thought I was coming in going, yeah, you're all good to go. And yeah. then being told the complete opposite. Yeah. And then they were like, can we have your mum's number? And I'm just sat there, like my eyes streaming and handing my phone over to show the number. And then they were like, right, we're going to send you for a mammogram. And now we're going to do another biopsy while right. we're waiting for your mum to come in. It was just... It was I mean, weird. once you get in that system, I mean, it, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know about you, but I've just felt so medicalised. Mm-hmm. Right. I even hate taking paracetamol now. Really? Because I've just had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still having the latter stages of radiotherapy. Right. Um, so I'm not quite out of the system yet because I needed three weeks, whereas Georgia had hers in one. Okay. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was optional for me if yeah. I wanted radio or not. Yeah. Right. But I said, yeah, it's preventative. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Radiotherapy, Leslie. Is that part of the trial? Um, well, it's, it, it is because it's, yeah, I think they gave us a list initially. Okay. And that was one of the things that um, followed on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas for you, it was an optional. Yeah, because um, after my surgery, they said there are no cancer cells, you're officially cancer free. Okay. And then um, I met with my oncologist and she said, um, well, because you are, you either you can have it or you don't have to. Right. So you can have it if you want the peace of mind, but yeah. you don't need mm-hmm. to. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to. Number one, because I'm Bracker, so I was like, let's just zap this yeah. now. But it's the fact she said after the um, mastectomy, she said, your chances were 60% higher because you were Bracker. Okay. Um, and 40% higher for ovarian. So I got to have my ovaries at 1 in 40. So I was like, oh, it's never over. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and she said, your chances now have reduced to, she said, if you didn't have radio, it'd be 14% the coming back but if you do it's down to six oh, well, so I want to have it yeah. and she was <laughs> just yeah, yeah and she said yeah. now your chances are so much lower than just some woman you'd pass in the street right because okay, the right. percentages yeah. are so much higher mm-hmm. and that for me I was like yeah that is fine yeah uh, yeah we both started off with the same size tumour on the same yeah. side both yeah. 80 millimetres um, and by the time I had had two completely clear MRI scans but they still recommended surgery, and so in surgery they found a remaining two millimetres. Oh, so it okay, actually right. was a good thing to do, mm-hmm. which they were able to remove. Yeah. So the radiotherapy is to some extent preventative for me, I think, too. Yeah. Okay. Although I'm yeah. not quite as confident in my diagnosis um, because a little bit did remain. Yes. But they did say that a response of 80 to two millimetres yeah. was a very good, good one. Yeah. Um, so just going back to the clinical trial, did you start that after the surgery or did, was that before? No. It was before okay. surgery. Yeah. And how long ago did you start that? We, our first chemotherapy was June, in July. Was it July? July, July. 15th. 
Yes. Yeah. So yeah. quite recently, so we're in yes. March now, so obviously yeah. it's all it's all happened quite recently. And then we've had, both, we both had twelve weeks of every week. Right. And then we had nine weeks where we went in every three weeks. So the first the first weeks we had The first four cycles was Paxitaxel and Carboplatin. That's right. And, and then FEC. FEC. Yes. <laughs> And how did you find that when you felt when you had to go in every week? Was I it loved it. Or? <laughs> it was really yeah, it was reassuring actually yeah, right. going in weekly because you'd have a blood test mm-hmm. and then they you know tell you yes it's all right. Mm-hmm. And I was always interested in my scores, so I always yeah. asked them to write them down for me, so mm-hmm. I could see my red blood cell count going down. And at one point it went so low I had to go into the Gwen for a couple of nights. Oh right, okay. Um, and. But it was reassuring then when your white blood cell count is picking up and yeah yeah so um, being involved in the trial gave you that extra yeah, they told you anything you wanted to know yes. there wasn't any like oh no. it's best if you don't ask it was very like yeah here it yeah. is here's the yeah. computer screen yeah they yeah. show you yeah. yeah whereas i found the last three cycles of fact harder than yes taxal carbo i did yeah it was i found like i I actually was okay with chemo. I didn't have that bad a reaction to chemo throughout. No, the fatigue was, I mean, I, I did. Yeah, and that's why I felt quite bad at times, because you'd be like, I've been sick, I've been this, and I felt really bad, because I was like, I've been okay. And Karen, one of the nurses, said, we've noticed younger people cope better. Right. Like, with it, it was only in fact then, I said to you, like, I've had my head in the toilet for the first yeah, three days, and then I it stopped. sick for that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's so when Hayek came out in the last one. Yeah. But only at the end. It was yeah. in the second cycle, a little bit, and then nothing until that yeah. last cycle. Right. Yeah. So when you say you found it harder, was that the side effects or the not coming in as often? Oh, no, the side, side effects. effects. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they're cumulative, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when my blood, red blood cell count dropped, there was a point where I couldn't walk from the back door yeah. to the garden bench. Right. It was yeah. 10 steps. Okay. And I couldn't get off the floor sometimes. And, and it's frustrating when you were so active before. And you're like, why am I active doing this? Yeah. Yeah, and just the thought that yes, we'll do this today. Let's go for a walk. Oh, I can't. Right. Yeah, I just couldn't do yeah. it. And I, that was something that I didn't anticipate being right. so tired for yeah. so long. Mm. And okay. were you taking the trial drug? Were you taking the elaparib at that time? When did that start? Yeah, the elaparib was from days three to fourteen of your twenty-one days. So it was twelve days. And when I was taking that, I noticed I felt significantly worse. Mm. And I was always glad when I'd taken the last one, because a couple mm. of days later. Mm. And there were points where they I They took the F off your back, didn't they? Because it was too yes, the, yes, something in the first lot um, gave me neuropathy. Right. Um, and the first time I had the FEC as well, I had the most horrific mouth ulcers. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point I couldn't move my tongue in my mouth. Oh. I was screaming in pain, it was so bad. So they took the F drug, the flora, whatever it is, yeah. off, um, and I had the just EC treatment. Okay. And yeah. because I'd had a full MRI scan response, they didn't feel that was a problem yeah. to do that. Yeah. And was the, did they tell you, was the MRI full response because of the child drug? What's... Um, do you, they probably don't know. They, do, they, they, they don't know, know that. Yeah. No, they don't know that. Okay. Um, but it was just two clear MRI scans, which okay. was really good news. Yes. I would have only had one without a trial. I think we had an extra yeah. MRI. Okay, so that was, was that reassuring yeah. having the additional... I had a bit of scanxiety, I'd like to call it. And especially, yeah, like, especially, like, I don't know why, because I was so, like, relaxed going for, like, um, the MRIs. And it was only in the last one, I remember, because it was, like, coming to the end of everything and then it was like I hope there is a really good response yeah yeah because you could feel it in chemo like it, it was gone you couldn't feel yes. anything and that's in a way why I was kind of scared about finishing chemo because you could feel it going away right mm-hmm. and it was like what do I do now and I just remember feeling really nervous and you're lying there like superman front ways your head in like yes. a massage holder okay in this right. machine and I just remember shaking the whole time. I don't know what it was, because before it was fine. No, I can, I can understand that, though, because you, it's almost like, well, I think in the future, when we're going to come up to um, scan or check-up times, yeah. the, the anxiety beforehand mm. yeah. um, is going, it's likely to be difficult to deal with, I think. But like you said, we could feel it going, and we would say each week, has yours shrunk? And you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Amazing. That's you could tell. I mean, the first three weeks, mine was about the same, but then it just disappeared. And by the end of, 
a further, what was only nine weeks, the MRI scan was clear. And you could and feel that yourself well, you feel yeah, yeah, without yeah. the scan. Literally, my was out there, right. it like doubled in size. Um, because when they drained it, it aggravated it. Right. I thought it was just a cyst. Yeah. So then I came back to the breast clinic a day early before I was being checked up. Yeah. And then they did the needle biopsy, and right. that's where they found out. But it was literally out there, and after the first mm. like three weeks of chemo, it went back to normal size. Okay, so that's crazy. very reassuring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and I think that. that's why going through treatment at the same time was such a safety net. Yes. Because you felt everything <coughs> working. Yeah. It's like you felt awful, but at the same time you felt great. Yeah. Because you were just like, you oh. see things improving. Yeah. 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 And especially yeah. when you had like your operation coming up, you were a bit like, do you have to take them away? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's gone. It, but at the same time, it was, I, I was really happy I was allowed to go flat. But they said, once I was bracket confirmed, you're going flat. I was like, yes. Because I what said, what do you mean by flat? Um, bilateral mastectomy. Right. I wanted both on. Because yeah. I said, even if I wasn't BRCA, I said for me, I would rather go to sleep like that and wake up like that yeah. rather than feeling like that and do that every day yeah. until I need a reconstruction. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. rather just be sane, especially when they said, um, we want you to be equal, but it's really difficult, especially with like an implant. Because right. you haven't got that breast tissue if someone just had a boob job. Oh, it doesn't course, look yeah. the same. Yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. asymmetrical. You've got to have saline injections. Right. It's a lot more mm-hmm. hassle than it's worth. Yeah. Whereas I'm going to have a Dieppe, mm-hmm. where it's all my own body fat from here. Oh, okay. Put here. Right. So my, my plastic surgeon was like, just keep eating cake. <laughs> just keep having cake. He was right. like, he was literally like, the more you have, the more you'll have up there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's over, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. But at the same time, once you're on trial, I feel like looked after for life. Yes. Yeah, so, so they're going to follow you up, aren't they? For yeah. ten years rather than I think for longer for you because yeah. you're BRCA positive, aren't you? But I'm not. Mm. Um, but I think it's a ten-year follow-up rather right. than a five-year. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the follow-up to me still doesn't seem, you know, it, it's still it's still a worry to me. That something can be happening inside me, right? Without it, without you knowing. In between these things. Yeah. How often um, are you seen then for the trials? Um, I think six months every for the six first months. year, uh, but then I think it's annually, annual mammogram. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I have looked into paying for a body scan in between. Okay. Uh, a CT scan. Yeah. Because I can't I wait can't. for six months or a year. No, but I I just can't. Think, I think, well, if there's something come back, I'll, mm-hmm. I want to catch it. Yes. And the words yeah. of the doctor who spoke to me, first of all, about being in the trial, said, this is a particularly aggressive cancer, the triple <laughs> right. negative. Yeah. And he said, and it does come back, often in the bones. Okay, right. So this is one reason I'm having also the um, Zometra, I yeah. think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Injections okay. because I'm postmenopausal. Of course, um, yeah. And it's supposed to help with bone density. Okay. Which I think is also they call it cancer prevention. Okay. Um, and so you're not having that because you're younger. Yeah. Young. Okay. <laughs> yes. I wish people could see Leslie because you don't look like you're. She doesn't. No. Does she? At she all. Doesn't. No. It's when she told them I just tried. I'm older than your mum. I was the fit and well member of the family, mm-hmm. you know, and people regarded me as fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And except for one blip post retirement, which I think was stress induced, um, I've, I've been really well yeah. all my life. Yeah. You know, you haven't yeah. had anything major. Um, I remember at times so me and you would give each other a look sometimes where you see some ladies come in on a Zimmer frame <laughs> and we go, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they say they're 55. You think? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh. yeah, yeah. So, how did you, um, the, with regards to clinical trial, how did your family feel about you being involved in it? They didn't say anything. If my family, they were very much like, you do you. I, I don't okay. know. It, I think because I've had family members with cancer, but they were all a lot, they were elderly when yeah. they had it, so mm-hmm. I don't think they were like young enough to go on trials. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like, I was given the option. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then my dad was pretty much like, well, you know, you looked after. For yeah, longer. okay. The right. only thing I didn't sign on the forms was to have my bloods taken every month um, after treatment because right. I felt like a human pincushion. 
Mm. At one point, I, especially at the very beginning before I started chemo, when I had to do all the fertility treatment and I had to do at home injections yeah. every day. Oh, yeah. I, I, mm. I felt so sick of seeing needles. Yeah. And when I had my pick line, as much as that was a lifesaver, I wouldn't mind having them monthly if I always had a pick line. Yeah. But I literally, I was like, I cannot, like, I'm not scared of needles, but I was just like, I, I cannot sit in that chair. I just have it done every single month. I'm happy right, with so it. you'd reached your limit in some yeah, ways. Yeah, I, I really felt like I'd hit it. I was mm. just like, no. That bit didn't bother me because I've got problem veins. Right, I don't. And <laughs> it's, no, you haven't. Yeah. So it's first time, most times, mm. people can get blood. Um, and I didn't have a pick line until my skin started responding right. badly. Yeah. Um, so it was only in the latter stages that I needed the pick line. Yeah. Um, but my family were, I mean, because I think I was enthusiastic about trying this drug. Um, and one of the, the trial nurses actually emailed me when I was away, having a week away before the start of all this. Right. Because she knew how important it was to me to hopefully not be in the control group. Right. So okay. I think the family were quite relieved that um, I... You were selected. And we're on it. Yeah. Okay. On it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you had that support from the staff by the sounds yes. of it. And, and I think one of the other things the trial has kept going, I don't know whether I'm just um, imagining this, but because there is a strict timetable, there was one occasion when my MRI, my next one, was booked two weeks later. Right. And there was a phone call saying, no, we've got to get you in for the, because it's part of the trial yeah, before yeah. you can start your next chemo. Yeah. And similarly, I think with the surgery, because we both had surgery almost immediately before Christmas, mm-hmm. almost on the last list. Right. And they did say to me, yes, we need to fit you in within four to six weeks after chemo. Right. Yeah. Or three to six weeks. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether we would have had that without. Um, because there's a strict time schedule. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You mess up the whole it, it did yeah. feel very much like, like I said, VIP. Yeah. It, it, it did, really yeah. did. When, when you're in trials, they put you on a pedestal. Like, yeah. You're yeah. not waiting around for long in no. waiting rooms either. You're hearing, hearing on the news, partly because of COVID, all the people who've had to wait for cancer treatment, yeah. um, I mean, I feel devastated for them. But oh, I did. we sailed through this in terms of the timings, the, didn't yeah. we? We've waited for nothing. There was no delays no. at all. And I, yeah, I remember being halfway through chemo and there was a lady on the news and she said, I've had to stop treatment and I don't know when I'm next in. Right. And all I could think is, oh, I couldn't imagine How being that, told yeah. that. And also being like she said, and I remember she made a comment saying they're making priorities, it's disgusting. And knowing you were one of the priorities on that, oh, I just remember thinking, scary. And I remember my consultant at Landoc, she said, because of your age, we need to get on it. Mm -hmm. And she said, it sounds horrible, but we do. Mm -hmm. And she said, even with like your reconstructions, all these other things, we're doing it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you do get, I think there's a definite change in how they treat you on your age. For sure. Yes. In yeah. hospitals. Definitely. In hospitals, I, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. When you say 67. I didn't feel that in the trials. Not in the trials unit, but no. okay, in, so the trial outside, definitely. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And because, you know, I was horrified when I, I met you and realised how young you were because I thought, well, gosh, what would it have been like if, you know, mm. the start of my adult life almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also had a sense of, goodness, you know, I wonder if they regard my life as as valuable and I've often thought that throughout because I'm that much older right people can often think well you're 67 you've lived your life but I'm not ready to go no (laughs) absolutely Um, not no no, and I would hope that clinical staff wouldn't think no, that. No, I never Especially because, as we've said, you look young and fit, and, you know, there's yeah. no reason I think reason surgeons to treat you differently. Yes. Surgeons definitely do. Because I remember my, my um, surgeon, she was amazing. She went, I'm going to do a really good job with you. Right. She was like, I'm going to make this, like, symmetrical as I can. Okay. Neat as I can. Right. Um, and then she said, I'm not going to do your reconstruction. I'm going to pass you on to like this really top plastic surgeon from London. Okay, yeah. She's going to do it because you have to live with it for longer. Okay, so she right. Was like, I want you to have the best thing you can. Yeah. She said, if this was someone in their later years, mm-hmm. they've had like their life with young boobs. That's what she was okay. That's what she meant, really. She's like, <laughs> they've had their boobs. And she said, not yeah. in a horrible way, but she went, I know you want to wear a bikini. You want to do all these things. So she's like, I'm yeah. going to get you with that. And then all I could think is, that's lovely, but I felt awful for yeah. the yeah, last people want to because of you, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just interesting seeing how they do look at different people's bodies completely mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. to yeah. the nurses and the stuff in the trials. 
Because yeah. on trials, they were so focused on you, how you were feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They weren't going to start the drugs until you felt ready. No. Nothing no. like that. Okay. Yeah. So what was so? What were the negative sides then? Were there any about being involved in a trial? If I'm honest, I've never had cancer before, so I don't know any different. Right. And my experience was good. I liked having follow-up calls. I liked that they had all your notes on you and everything was going to plan. I don't know what it would be like to be a non-clinical patient. Yeah. Whereas my nan, she had cancer twice, she'd have a completely different story to what I would have. Mm. I just did it because the option was there. Yeah. And they said this is specialised in triple negative, which is the most difficult and rare type of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, sign me up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't feel there were any negatives. I mean, the extra appointments were a bit of a nuisance, I guess. But on the other hand, what else are you going to do when yeah. you're in the middle of a chemotherapy? You just yes. can't exactly can. have an active social life, especially with COVID. Exactly, yeah. Of so it yeah. didn't matter. Um, and yeah, it was just the fact that they were so, so attentive mm-hmm. because the scores were important and they'd often consult the manual, you know, when I had all these different side effects. Yeah. Right, are we able to drop this drug? How much mm-hmm. can we drop it? Then in the end, they reduced the E and the C by 20% as well because right. it had a full radiological response. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, whether subsequently that was the right thing to do, but at the time I couldn't cope with any more no. health problems. No, and it's mm-hmm. balance, isn't it, with yeah. you know, side yeah. effects and the effectiveness yeah. and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But also having the helpline was good, wasn't it? And yeah. We were on that a few times, weren't we? Emotional support, they were fantastic. Yes, they were good. I remember being told when I was bracker, I just cried. I don't know why, I just did. It's had a lot of media. Yeah. And they wouldn't, let me, yeah, they wouldn't let me leave the room until I felt. Yeah ready yeah yeah they like they were just like it's fine we've booked it out yeah yeah because i was concerned about that they did tell me that was unlikely to be because of my age but of course i've got a daughter and a granddaughter right so a different view um, on it yeah. Yeah. yeah and i did yeah. worry that i could have passed it on to them yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but fortunately it's not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay so we've covered a lot of things really haven't we <laughs> yeah. um in here so We've got a question here about if someone else is offered a clinical trial. Obviously, you've had quite a positive experience, <coughs> but what would you say? What would you say to them about what they should do and what they might get out of it? Um, just remember, it's always an option. Don't feel inclined to do it. And the good thing is, you can start it, and if it's not for you, you can pull out. Right. That's yeah. the thing. Just be really like they, they are more than happy to do what is best for you. Yeah. If you prefer the anom- uh, what's the anonymity, I can't say it been an anonymous like yeah. a normal chemo ward where it's different staff all the time and you're just in there you're having your treatment you go yeah. if you're that type of person mm-hmm. you don't want them to know yeah. your story as much you just yeah. need to do your thing and do do you fine do that but if yeah. you want more of like a, a personal experience where you're really catered for especially as an individual go for trials right okay. and the thing is without trials there's no cures how can they yeah. find out more research yeah. there's no trials so yeah. I, I honestly feel like you're helping someone later on. Yeah. I think where mm-hmm. medicine is now, compared to 40 years ago now, yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. like survival's gone up by 40% because of trials. Yeah. I think where we're going to be in another 40 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're here, you're here. You're forever there. Personally, did a lot of research on the drug. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to know whether it was a. I mean, they did tell me it was second stage or third stage. Yeah. Um, and it had been well researched and it was licensed. Mm-hmm. Because I did read somewhere that if you're on a drugs trial, you might have to inform a travel insurance mm-hmm. company. Okay. And right. I thought, oh gosh, that's going to be. You know, I mean, we haven't been able to travel because of COVID. Yeah. But um, I think they'd have to think about. Um, the time commitment, but I really don't think that's as much of an issue because if you're doing, if you're having chemotherapy, you're having chemo. Yes, then there's not much else you can do yeah. physically. Yeah. And we both, because the tumours were large, had to have um, chemotherapy first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then surgery. Mm-hmm. So the commitment's there anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. is. And because, yeah. as Georgia said, you get such a personal service. Yeah. <laughs> and you really get to know everyone on your ward some people yeah. you see that the same week like we yeah. saw each other 
and someone you'd see once every three weeks and then they'd be like yeah I'm almost at the end and it was really nice because you could share notes yeah. with people who were on the drug yeah. and people who weren't it, it was oh of course yeah. Yeah. so you had that because you knew then you were able yeah. to yeah. Yeah, yeah have those conversations with each other and it was interesting seeing how it affected people who were all different ages yeah. as well yeah. it was only towards the end we saw more people in their 30s Right. Yes, there were yeah. considerably younger lot, weren't there? Yes, yeah, especially towards the end. Who were concerned about the hair, and by then I'd adjusted to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. the nurses were like, going, can you give them some advice oh, about yeah. it? Because oh, it might just yeah. Get it was yeah. very like 50 50. It works yeah. or it doesn't. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really hard yeah. to give advice mm-hmm. to other people on things when it's like your story is so completely your own. Yeah. No one else's is the same. Yeah. And that was what was nice. was the nurses and the staff, they knew that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they go, well, that's interesting. So they're learning from you as well as they yeah. go Yeah, so they often said, oh, I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that make a, a shared experience in some ways? Oh, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, I had a couple of swellings on that just came up out of the blue on my wrist. Right. You know, and um, they said, we've never seen that before. And you think, oh... That's a bit of a worry. Yeah, exactly. It went. Yeah, but I guess, like you say, you're learning from each other in some ways, which is probably quite encouraging. And it was, especially when we went onto the FEC, I mean, you were more sick than I was, I think. Mm. But it it was reassuring that, yes, we both knew that day five, day six, we were picking up. Yeah. And And then then you felt really (coughs) good on that third week, and then you were like, bam, there's another one. But then you knew it was like, um, like my boyfriend said to me, don't see it as you've got three more, you've got two less. It was always like, count That's down, nice. don't yeah. count up, count down. Yeah. Because it was 14 rounds of, of um, chemo, wasn't it? Um, no, six. Oh, seven. Was 12 weeks. 12 we weeks. had 21 weeks in total. 12 of one week and three of the so it was 12 15 in total yeah and i remember just mm-hmm. counting down still being like 14 more to go no yes yeah it's the same as i'm doing with the radiotherapy days because 15 yeah 12 down mm-hmm. three to go right yeah. and yeah they were fab as well because it, when you had your little meetings as well when you're one-to-ones you need to fill in your survey on how yes. you feel in the different stages right they would be like do you feel like you need to talk to a counsellor in Maggie's next door we can arrange that do you want to go yeah. to this okay. do you want to go to that that was really nice because they showed you so many options of things you could do so that comes out of the clinical trial as well they... well that questionnaire does yeah yeah, right. yeah. and they, they start at the beginning of a treatment halfway through at the end and then pre-op post-op yeah right um, and it's just really seeing how you are and you have to take on like how you feel about your mental how you feel mentally physically how yeah. you feel as a woman which that was okay yeah. yeah it was quite difficult to do the how you feel in terms of wellness because it would, i said what are you talking about from before this all started and yeah. said yes but because i i've forgotten for ages what it felt like to feel well yeah um right and it's only now really where i think it's coming back. I wake up and I think, oh, I've got a bit of energy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you didn't find it a burden having to do the questionnaires and all no. the no. No. And it was mine was quite consistent throughout. I think it was only on that very last cycle it dipped. But that's because I, I was just feeling like well my hair was coming out a lot and I was just feeling a bit rubbish Mm -hmm. so it was just a bit lower Mm -hmm. but then I was like at the same time this is the last time it's going to happen that's hard to see it I was like I feel awful but I'm never going to have to do that again it's done so then I was like I'm feeling good because it's finishing but I'm feeling rough right now (laughs) it was like a weird thing to write down yeah yeah. I think and they also checked up how you were feeling in like your financial life in your personal Mm -hmm. life they checked in okay. on that. Yeah, there were questions, weren't there? They were really relationships, good whether your partner was supportive. And then they call you, one. being like, we saw on here, you wrote this. How is right. everything now? Yeah. Can we do anything? They were really good. So that really gives you that yeah. extra element of support, doesn't it? From, yes. Yeah. From being and I also heard that. them telling one lady, um, when we were in the ward, the chemotherapy trial unit, I mean, I heard them saying, well, look, you've got the, the children, and if they're not coping, this is what we can do for you. Yeah, right. um, yeah. And they had little, um, a special counsellor to talk to them, and they had certain books for them, so which are probably right, chemotherapy general anyway. Yeah. But actually, you know, I the thought that was really there, kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Very thoughtful to mention that. There was a lot of resources <clears throat> available yeah. to go out. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
So all in all, it sounds like you've had a, a positive experience, oh, apart yeah, from the side effects, obviously. Yeah, it's actually, um, funny thing is, a friend said to me recently, um, one of her friend's sons, who I actually knew, he died in Belindra of a terrible back tumour. And um, his mother said that she always felt they were treating the condition. Right. And she said to me, but from you, I've got a very different experience. Okay. And I think that's exactly right. They treated me holistically as a person. Right. Not the cancer I had. And that is what made a massive, massive difference to me. Right. Yeah. They look at you as a person, not a diagnosis. They yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 And that's come from the trial. Yeah. Because they so. have to get a whole yes. picture, presumably, yeah. Yeah. of what's happening. Yeah. Because occasionally they had... Um, another nurse in who was in the ordinary wards and yeah. he'd say, oh, I'm sorry I haven't met you before. And that, of course, made me realise, well, actually, all these people know me now from day one. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one particular day they were short-staffed. Yeah. Um, I remember my last chemo as well. Like I was crying, and they were all crying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were like a family, though. Yeah, they, they, were. they, they really yeah. were. And it was like they were more of a family than what it was like for me, mm. like in normal life outside, because mm-hmm. they yeah. got it. They totally yeah, understood. They understood, yeah. they understood yeah. but they didn't treat you like a patient. No. They just no. talked about their lives, showing you pictures of dogs on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> they just had, especially yeah. when you're back and you, they were sat opposite you and they had to sit with you for the 25 minutes. That it was yeah. going yeah. on. Yeah. They did, didn't they? And yeah. it was just so yeah. nice. Because yeah. then you really got more of a one-to-one time yeah. with them, even though because yeah. they were a small team yeah. and everyone was talking across the room. It was only a small room to be yeah. like this, to be honest, okay. in a cabin. Yeah. And right. it, it was just lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked forward to seeing him and I was a bit like, oh, I'm going to miss talking yeah. to you. Yeah. Like you said at the mm-hmm. beginning, it leaves a bit of a void, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It does. So what, what support strategies have you got now, now that the treatment's I'm, finished? I'm going to Maggie's to a course which is called Where Now. Right. And that's a six-week course. Um, and that's to just look at. It's looked at nutrition. It's looked at exercise. It's looked at resilience. Mm-hmm. Um and it's been useful to meet three other ladies there. Um, all slightly different circumstances, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the hardest thing for me to cope with because I like certainty. I'm a bit of a planner. Um, I'm not able just to let things come as they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uncertainty of whether this or when this cancer is going to come back is, is for me the huge, yeah. huge issue. Um, I, I think that's going to take me some time to get over I think mm-hmm. I don't think I will mm-hmm. and one lady in this Maggie's group she said I don't think I'm me anymore I've lost me and I can really empathise with that mm-hmm. right because of waiting <laughs> and not knowing what's coming yeah, yes I'm being uh, the experience you've gone through like George said it's absolute trauma when you it look at it it's trauma, trauma. Mm-hmm. it's complete yeah. trauma yeah there's, there's nothing psychologically can prepare you for this mm-hmm. okay yeah um, and I think that's, that's really, um, for medical students, that's worth them understanding. Yeah. Because it only takes a throwaway comment like I had, well, <clears throat> you'll need a mastectomy for this. And I think, you know, you've just told me I've got cancer yeah. five minutes previously. Yeah. You know, not what type. Yeah. That came later with my husband, mm-hmm. but I already knew it. So it's almost like you say, it's medicalised. Then, yeah. rather than yeah. actually, this is having a massive impact on you for, for, yes. for the rest of your life. But that's what I didn't feel because that's something that I absolutely dreaded that you would just go through a system, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah. I felt there was consultation all the way along. I felt I had an input. I could have stepped out of the trial. I mean, no way would I have done because you could see the treatment. Yeah. Going on the other side. Yeah. Right, so that sort of in you know the closeness and support from the yeah. from the staff kept you involved in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, mean, I at no point I hated the drug and how it made yeah. me feel. Yeah. Sure. But I kept going and thinking, well, you know, mm. it's yeah. as you say, you had a better response. But at my age, may have if I hadn't had it, mm-hmm. may may have a far worse response or less yeah. good response. I think you just don't know where which way it's going to go. No. And I feel like after you finish. Like for me, I know it's not over because I got other things to go through later down the line. Like for instance, but the one thing that was nice is I know I'm going to be looked after for mm-hmm. one. 
especially when um, my oncologist, she said, if you want kids, you've got to wait two years mm-hmm. um, because of the effects and everything okay. going on. Yeah. As she also said, what the technology they have now is with the eggs, they froze 26 eggs. Right. I, I had loads. I literally looked pregnant. <laughs> I was modelling. Clothes did not fit. It was awful. But um, they can now see, because it's 50-50 on the gene, they can see which eggs have the gene or which don't. That's so amazing. I've, yeah, I've so I've got that. two rounds of IVF on NHS, and they said I can. They can then see which one has it, which one. So I know I'm not passing it on. That's incredible. So that for me is like mind blowing. Yeah. Like the fact science is there, so that's yeah. incredible. But then at the same time, I had to have conversations with my boyfriend that what if the IVF didn't work? Yeah. For those two rounds, what if it didn't? And then my oncologist said I got those BRCA patients who just conceive naturally, and it right. is what it is. And she yeah. said. If it doesn't work, think where we're going to be in 20 years' time. Yeah, and she true. said also, the moment if you have a baby and it doesn't, it's not IVF, we can test it the moment it's born. And then if they're positive, we can look after it from get-go. Yeah. And they're just... That's look, incredible, isn't and it? And like they're having mammograms like from the age of 16. Right. Like, you know? And I think a lot of it, it's been about closing the age bracket. Yeah. That's one huge thing for me, especially yeah. going through treatment when the GP said, we don't usually refer people under 40. 90% of the time and I think if I hadn't because the consultant in Landoc said to me if you would come two, two weeks late like two months later you would have been stage four. Oh really? And Jeez. I was like whoa uh, yeah. I was so lucky that GP referred me even though she said to me funny enough it's not the C word she said that on okay. the day she like felt it she went it's definitely not the C word right. it's smooth I can move it around that's a really good sign yeah. but because of the size I'm going to refer you here's some antibiotics right and then I went to the breast clinic and it was completely different but then it was like we need to start this ASAP or your treatment but do you want kids we need to do this now so many decisions that, to make there's no time to process because yeah. they've got to get going yeah. and then it was like right okay um, you're in the heath now here's some fertility treatment home injections then here's your eggs two days later starting chemo after going through mm. all those things yeah. but now you had those things going on whereas I had what I felt was a waiting time until mm-hmm. they found out what type of cancer it was Yeah. and I remember the initial phone call when he said well you're not her positive and I remember reading about that and thinking oh thank goodness for that Little did I know when you said you negative. I didn't know what any of it meant when they said it to me. For me, I was like, "Oh, breast cancer." Mm. And then when he said triple, when she said triple negative, I don't know what that means. When they say it just means you test negative. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah, but I'd had yeah. the two weeks between. So of course, my mind was. I, I was just told to Google. I was just told to yeah. Google whatever yeah. you do. Oh, don't right, go down don't the yeah. Google, yeah. so I just yeah. didn't. No, yeah. yeah. No, I had a I had a book on, um, how you know how to deal with breast cancer, mm-hmm. not how to deal with it. I think it was a very it was written by Lisa Rawdon and um, another clinician. Yeah. So. But and I, that talked about the different types. Don't know about you, but I felt like then throughout a lot of treatment, I just went into complete survival mode. Right. Where I didn't feel yeah. much, if I'm honest. I just got on with it. Yeah. I didn't like get upset or cry a lot. It was only in that last cycle. It was only when things were coming to an end. Yeah. That it, it hit me, and I went, mm. "Oh my god, yeah. I've had cancer." It, yeah. A lot of days, I forget I had it. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I would just forget. So you can yeah. use the past tense. I can't bring myself to do that yet. Mm. Even though when I spoke to them in the most recent appointment to discuss the Zemetra bone treatment, yeah. I said, look, I want to go on holiday, I'll need travel insurance, what do I accurately tell them? Yeah. And she said, well, at the moment you have no signs of cancer, so mm. you are... Yeah, cancer free. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It hasn't. It doesn't sink in. No, it doesn't because no. my mind immediately says, "Well, you don't know that. Could be elsewhere." Right. I'm, it's very early days, isn't it? It is. Mm. Do you think as well? It's because of the very beginning he mentioned bones. Mm. Yes. Yes. That's probably mm. why. Yeah. yeah. And that's and the that, thing. That's what I mean about the old throwaway comment. Mm. Yeah. That you know people should be really careful about. I had real um, nightmares about secondary cancer, secondary breast cancer mm. and metastatic. These are words you don't know about. Yeah. And then it's when you, like when I was following me, me and these other young girls on Instagram and then some of them found out they were sta- they had metastatic. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. And then I was like, what is it? And then I went down this wormhole and I was like, mm-hmm. put, and then it got me in a really weird yeah. mindset. Yeah, of course, mm. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but it, I still find that like scary. Mm. 
Yes, I mean, I, I couldn't accept initially that it was primary stage. They gave me the primary stage booklet, and I thought, oh, is that actually mm -hmm. what they think? Because there was some sign of it in my lymph nodes. And right. I immediately said, well, how do you know it's not gone elsewhere? And to have the answer, well, um, you know, there's no evidence of it, mm -hmm. but my immediate thought is they haven't really looked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the lymph nodes were clear when they took them out, so I yeah. should be able to be reasonably positive, and hopefully in time I can. Yeah, because it's moment, early, isn't it? So it is. And when you think about it, it's like we finished everything <laughs> in uh, surgery in December, you're almost... It, it's, yeah. really, it's a really weird yeah. bubble. And I remember finishing radio like a month ago, ringing the bell on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask them all the tears, and I go, do you mind just filming me ring the bell? Oh. <laughs> Time. And I remember end of chemo, it was just me and my mum ringing. So the yeah. bell is um, for when you finished all your treatment? I rang it when I finished chemo. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I felt I was tempting fate. <laughs> right. And then I rang it when I finished radio yeah. because I knew like this was optional, this is it. Yeah. This is yeah. it. I'm ringing it. Even though yeah. I'm on my own, I'm ringing that bell. Well, I've been to ring yeah. it on the, um, a couple of Saturdays' time with a group, a small group of family oh, that's and nice. my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Lovely, yeah. But then ironically, on the Monday afterwards, I have the bone appointment. Right. Or the infusion, and I think, oh dear, am I, you know, should I cancel it? And I think, no, this is, yeah. this is preventative. Exactly. This is yeah. Yeah. different. Yeah. But it's sort of put a bit of a, a cloud on it, but... It does, and it's also a bit like a what now afterwards mm. yeah that, that's the weird yeah. thing like for me it's like oh where do I go from here and yeah. it's like explaining a gap in your CV yeah like yes. why you haven't been in work that for me I had an interview the other day and I, I I did the interview and then afterwards I felt really like weird just yeah. saying out loud even though I've blogged the whole journey online yeah and mm. it's like it's so much easier but then when I said to some stranger on the screen Oh, I've, I've had breast cancer but don't worry yeah it's done yeah. now and then they, they're just like okay moving on and that's yeah. what was strange. Yeah. They didn't like, they didn't mm. care. They were fine. But then it's also strange for me because then I'm like, I, I'm looking for a job, but also I'm going to have reconstruction at the end of the year. Yeah. And I'm going to need time off. And yeah. I feel bad mm. for even applying for something knowing I've got to take time off. Mm. Yeah, it's that's strange. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it's. It's yeah, a bit it's like, I want to work so bad, but I'm not allowed to mix with a lot of people till May. And I'm not allowed because of my immune system. Yeah. And then by the time I'm really in the swing, I've got to have time off because I've got to have reconstruction. Yeah. And it's a really big op. It's a 10-hour operation. I right. don't know how long it's going to take for me to do what... Yeah, the recovery. Yeah, and, you yeah. know. Yeah. It, it's really strange. I think life after is harder than going through it, for mm -hmm. me. For the immunity levels as well, because, you know, I've, I've been a traveller for a lot of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, we haven't been abroad since... January 2020. Yeah. Right. We are this summer, but it is with some trepidation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because of concern about your immune system being suppressed. Or, yeah, or so COVID it should in almost be put and pick back up by then, I think. That'll mm -hmm. be six yeah. months before I go mm -hmm. abroad, and I yeah. have had four COVID jabs. Right, I was going to ask you about so, that. So, you've yes. had everything you need. So, I'm thinking, right, well, okay, you know, you've yeah. got to take the plunge sometime. Yeah. Um, but it has kept me more isolated, I think. The immunity right, yeah. is a real worry. So whilst everyone else has been coming out of you know lockdowns yeah. and things, yeah. it's difficult with like friends' though. birthday parties yes. and they all yeah. want to go to the pub or they want to go think I can't go. Yeah, mm. it's it, it feels quite isolating at times. Or yeah. it's when people don't understand, they always go, "Oh, well, you're finished now." Yeah, no, it's it's everything that comes afterwards. Yeah, mm. that that's where I think like there's no near enough like education to the public. Yeah, yeah. That this is what it is. Just because yeah. you finish treatment doesn't mean you're bang, you're normal yeah. again. It's not how it works. Yeah, and it's definitely physically and psychologically mm. like the change. Like I feel very much most like me pre-treatment right now. Right. And I when I had a letter come through saying if you get COVID, call this number. You get special tablets because you are very high risk. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I don't feel very high yeah. risk. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I, I yeah. don't know if it's deny. I don't know. For me, it feels mm. like it didn't happen. If it, it like a no, problem. My doctor had alerted me to the antivirals. And yeah. Then when I got a letter, I felt reassured. Mm. Right. Where was oh, you I felt so yeah. strange. Yeah. Yeah. response. Yeah. yeah. Really weird because I went at Penavan last week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm eating clusters high risk when I went up a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's so surreal. Yeah. I don't know why. It just feels like a mm. weird blip in life. It happened 
and I got to think it's only six months and how long of a life story. Yeah, yeah. So, That's how I got to think of it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. define me as a person yeah. or who I am. It's a tiny chapter yeah. in the yeah. rest of what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good way of looking at it. I mean, it'd be interesting to see because I think the trial closes December 23. Uh, okay. December right. this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I presume there's people still to go through it. Yeah. So maybe a year and a half we'll find out. So they, as I said to you, they'll keep you informed. Yes, we got the trial results. Yeah, yeah, which I'll be really interested yeah. in. Actually, that'll yeah. be very interesting yeah. to find out. And it's in some ways it's good <laughs> you've had each other who are on different treatments, you know, different yeah. arms of the trials. That's yeah. I felt really bad when you were so rough. I wanted to take the drug for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just, yeah. But if I yeah. hadn't taken it, I may not have had such a good response. Yeah. So you don't know. No, it's also it's like hypothetical. You just don't yeah. know. No, but it, but I mean, because my res- we can't compare ourselves very easily because you're 40 years younger and your response was slightly more full, you know, because you had got rid of that last two millimetres, which mm-hmm. I didn't. But I guess if, if I hadn't been on that drug, I may have had such a poor response compared mm-hmm. with what I did. And when we can actually get the results, yeah. it will be interesting yeah. to read overall. And I presume they'll, they might age break it down. I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. Yeah. The way. yeah. Um, and that will be very interesting. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just knowing that you, you've been part of something to help so many yeah. others. Yeah. That was the biggest <laughs> thing for me more than anything. It's like, yeah. what happens to me happens to me. Yeah. But at least I know yes, yeah, it's going towards something. Yeah. I was I was talking to my mum yesterday and I was saying it was a weird space because when you get told you're in a you have to talk to yourself like it could not go right. Like mm. it, it was a weird place to be, being like, I could die or I could live. Mm. It's it's gonna go one way yeah. or another. It mm. it was a really strange thing. That idea of facing your own mortality is yeah, fine, and I, that's the thing. I wish there was, in a way, I wish there was more. You had to go to counselling. It wasn't optional. Mm, yeah. that's the only thing I would change. Is when you're going through it, you you have to go for to, a trial or for anything. Any, any, any like just once a week, yeah. even or every time you like before chemo or after chemo, you talk to someone, yeah, someone completely yeah. anonymous. Um, who specialises in it because yeah. now I, I want to go to Maggie's and just talk to someone because you can just drop in yeah because when it's COVID you have to pre-book yeah right. you don't know when you're going to feel down no. and that's no. the thing when you feel no. like you need to talk to someone I can't just go I'm going to feel really bad on no. Wednesday can I slot no. yeah. 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 you know so I don't know yeah p- post-treatment's worse for sure yes yeah, so yeah that's very interesting yeah. Yeah, like say, sort of void, and especially when you've been in trial, presumably, mm. because it's very intensive. Mm. Yeah. And you've got so now, because the bone treatment's coming up, I almost don't want it. I've had enough. Mm. Yeah. I have to. I have to have it. I think it's a sensible thing yeah. to do. Yeah. But you know, the the side effects are flu feelings for three or four days. Right. I think, oh, I just do not want to feel yes. ill again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. had enough of feeling yeah. ill. Yeah. But it, it coincides to a, an empty part of the calendar, so yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. And you've got to yeah. just see it as the blip. See, it's yeah. a tiny chapter mm-hmm. in the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you've done the it. next one isn't as bad in the next, so uh, the mm-hmm. six in total, and it's the first one that's worse. A bit like the first chemo. I mean, yeah. that knocked me sideways. But then by the number five or so, it's I just slept. Right. <laughs> first chemo, I was talking to my boyfriend, I passed out mid-sentence, and then oh. I woke up six hours later continuing what I was saying. Oh. But it was on the other side of the room. Six hours. Yeah. That was really weird. Yeah. yeah. Time. Yeah. 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 Really funny, actually. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to drive. I don't trust myself no, to drive. No, no. Good idea. Yeah. No. And it was only after we finished chemo, wasn't it? They released like the law saying you're not allowed to drive. Oh, um, really? There wasn't a law. It just said like just don't drive after you yeah. after that first not to drive. But then they made like a law saying you are not allowed to drive. Okay, I know that. For like a week, for like a week or so, and it's oh. only after we finished. And then I was like, oh, I was driving around high as a kite. <laughs> I didn't ever drive myself. <coughs> excuse me, back from a chemo session. I don't think. But um, never chemo, radio fine. Oh yeah, I drove myself from that. And yeah. only like me, yeah. bloods I drive myself when I have a problem. Yes, yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just remember I always passed out in a Greg's. 
after oh, first chemo oh, as well. And I remember I was in there standing going, I'm getting really hot because you get menopausal symptoms. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going, I'm getting really warm, really, right. really hot. Yeah. And my face went red. And then my boyfriend was like, are you okay? And I was like, I think I need to sit down. I almost fainted in Greg's and he literally had to carry me to the car. And I had my legs up on the dashboard in the car. Oh no. It was awful. And I was feeling so fine, but my boyfriend doesn't drive. So we were sat in this car park. It's oh, my life was fine. Right. And he was like, I'm going to get you up again to your normal. <laughs> to pick you up. It was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy what your your body can do and mm, what it can yeah. cope with for mm. sure. But seeing everything growing back, energy coming back, it's so worth it. Yeah. yeah. My neuropathy is the thing that's left I'm mm. left with, but it is gradually improving, mm-hmm. I think. It's just at night time, you know. Right. Major pins and needles. Oh, okay. Um, nice. But during the day I don't notice it, so Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you got anything you want to Oh, I think it's been really interesting. It's been, and just like to thank you for sharing your experiences <laughs> yeah, because you know we've learnt a lot just from uh, from listening to you. It's been really really lovely. Thank you for sharing yeah. everything. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Like you say, I've learned I've learned lots and lots about being involved in the trial and yeah. actually what a positive experience it can be. really interesting. So a huge thank you to Sarah and to Tracy, but especially to Georgia and to Leslie for sharing their stories with us. Um, it's so important to get that lived experience perspective. Um, thank you for tuning in and hopefully see you on another episode soon.